0: Hey y'all, welcome to Deep in the Work, a culture podcast. I'm DeLana R.A. Dameron, a Black Southern woman, a sometimes historian, lover of Black culture, poet and writer, piano student, and culture fundraising strategist. I'm also the founder of Red Olive Creative Consulting, an arts and culture universe whose activities include fundraising, consulting, and strategies, arts funding, and culture ecosystem building. In all things though, I am after the blackest artistic future possible, and Deep in the Work is my love letter to the people who make it work, specifically the black culture workers, the undercurrent of the field. Deep in the Work is for you if you want to think about ways to go deeper in your own work, hear the stories of colleagues in the field, and perhaps understand the threads that tie us all together. We're back for a second season, and I'm still doing my rounds, giving flowers to Black women culture workers who are deep in the work with me. In this episode, we're talking to Toya Lillard, one of our faves over at Black Art Futures Fund, and champion of safe spaces in theater and strong voices for our young Black women and girls. We met when Vibe Theater Experience was awarded our inaugural Shea Wafer Legacy Fund, then decided to continue to do good and deep work together through Red Olive. These days we enjoy sisterhood and laughter and pointing towards the absurdities of what it means to be black women in this work in the fields where we find ourselves. Toya Lillard is executive director of Vibe Theater Experience. She has directed plays, developed curricula, led advocacy efforts, and implemented innovative teaching artist training programs both in and out of New York City schools. Prior to joining VIBE, Toya served as Director of School Programs at the New York Philharmonic in the Education Department, where she helped to develop its nationally recognized school partnership program. In addition to leading VIBE, Toya is a facilitator of difficult conversations around racial equity and inclusion, most recently having served as a Reflection Facilitator for the National Guild for Community Arts Education's Anti-Racism as Organizational Compass Series. Toya is part-time faculty at the New School, where she teaches collaborative theater practice and serves on the Cultural Change Task Force. Toya serves on the board of the New York City Arts and Education Roundtable, where she is the co-chair of the Roundtable's Task Force on Equity and Inclusion. She is also an affiliate representative on the board of the Downtown Brooklyn Arts Alliance. Toya holds a BA from Vassar College and an MA from New York University's Gallatin School of Individualized Study. This episode was recorded on March 12, 2021. All right, if you could introduce yourself, however you like.
1: I'm Toya Lillard.
0: Where are you in the world, Toya?
1: I am in Brooklyn, New York, on the unceded land of the Lenape people. Where in Brooklyn. Crown Heights. Well, actually it's the border of Crown Heights best side depends on where you're standing in the street. You can say whatever.
0: <laughs> so which so you claim Crown Heights, which I feel sometimes, like sometimes and yeah. then
1: sometimes I claim Bed-Stuy. It depends, you know, depends on the day. But mostly Crown Heights cuz it's cooler.
0: What context um, determines when you switch between Crown Heights or Bed-Stuy.
1: Who if I'm if I'm talking to a native uh Brooklyn person, I'm gonna say um bedside because this isn't actually crown heights proper. So, so, but if I'm talking to somebody who moved here from someplace else, I'm gonna say Crown Heights because it sounds cooler.
0: Is it like if you're talking to a black person, you're gonna say bedside, if you're talking to a white person, you're gonna say Pretty crown much.
1: Heights. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. And why, when I say sounds cooler, it means just don't ask me no more questions. Right. When you say crown heights, people are, like, oh, okay, let me be quiet. People, um, I mean white people. Okay, (laughs) just to to clarify.
0: Um, What uh, in Brooklyn do you do that is considered work or what is your work?
1: My work is holding and creating space, resources, support for Black girls, young women, and gender expansive youth to create, produce, and perform original theater, music, and other media and art um, that is informed by their lived experiences. And that is uh, authored by them, uh, really uh, owned by them uh, for the purposes of liberation. So um, my work involves uh, holding space so that black girls can get what we call their negative free and also holding space for myself so that I can get my own negative free, and advocating for these spaces throughout uh, the world, really uh, and really making the case for us being deserving of all of that.
0: Mm. Yeah, you said a phrase, and I want to make sure that I got it. You said holding space for the girls and for yourself so that I can get my own something nugget of free nugget of free what does that mean for you
1: nugget of free is a phrase that we use in vibe to uh, vibe theater experience which is the organization that i lead and have led for eight years now um where I do most of all of the work that I just described. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, nugget, nuggets, or a nugget of free is something that we uh, came up with to describe our work. uh, The sort of the, the the desired outcome of our work is for us to get nuggets of free. We cannot get. I can't guarantee anyone's freedom outside of the confines of our program space because I can't guarantee my own freedom. I'm a black woman. America, right? So it would be foolish for me, and the girls wouldn't even believe me anyway. Say, oh, (laughs) this is a safe space! It's not, right? It's a a safest iteration of a space that I can provide as a black woman in America, right? So what we can do together is get our nugget of free together, feel what that feels like, collect those nuggets so that uh, we can build upon them. Um, And so, yeah, nugget of free is what we, uh, the desired outcome of any vibe program and any time that we come together
0: Mm, so yeah so it's really like the carving out and i appreciate what it must mean for you and those young black girls and um to accept right that like (laughs) there are confines to what to being black women in america but that yeah. there can be places wherein like you know boundaries of a room are drawn um and then within there um there might be some free so i appreciate that
1: yeah mm
0: do you have uh so i like to call out like where we are in the world and in time you know because this is for the record whatever the Mm -hmm. record is um but so we are you know it's may whoa march it is march 12th 2021 and i just want to ask you and think and you can answer it however you want right but like do you have a sense of a quote before and a quote now, and how are they different?
1: I had this clear sense of before and now, before, <laughs> uh, probably up until January of this year, there was a sense of what before was like. Now I think before is um, part memory. What I remember is people gathering together and me hustling and bustling to and fro all the time. Um, And now there is this understanding that before maybe wasn't real either. (laughs) Um, uh, You know, um, I don't know how to make it make sense, but um, that what I was holding on to uh, these memories that I was holding on to were also, um, aspirational, that even though things had happened and there were like, we were on stage, we did create on stage, we were in rehearsal together and I did smell the sweat, you know, of another person in yoga class and I did, you know, um, mm-hmm. I was rocking at the, you know, Solange concert at Radio City, I did have these things that happen. that the memory of the routine, of that everyday of that, what we call normal, right? What we think we trying to get back to was not Um, normal or sustainable or Mm -hmm. actually in reality as dope as we are remembering it to be. That our minds have created this ideal, uh, you know, this sort of glorified idea of what it was that we left uh, pre-shutdown and the ways that we want to get back to that. There's some things that I know I have accepted we're never going to get back to that it's interesting to watch folks Come into that space on their own time, um, like the workspace. Right, you, you and I had this, these conversations last year around March, April, May, when people were scrambling and like raise money, and you know, there's all this desperation in the air around. Um, what will be? you know, what are we raising money for? And, you know, what is all this, you know, for what? What is going to happen afterwards? What, are, what is the vision for the future afterwards? You know, some people just want to stay alive. Some people are just trying to, like, make sure that their organization, st- you know, still standing. <laughs> um, but what if you dreamt about uh, abundance? Yep. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was not in a space of abundance before. I was mm. dreaming about abundance. I mean, I was in a space of of of, of um, definitely uh, on the road to abundance. I think on the smell in the, the you know when you get close to the beach, you're like, ooh, I can smell yeah. the sea. Right, I could smell the sea, but I wasn't there yet. Uh, and so it was hard for me to envision in in a in a in a panini in a panorama <laughs> how one uh you know keep, continues on the road and gets to the sea and still able to enjoy the beach while there's you know death all around you. Yeah. So the before is a faint memory now. Um the now is a mixture of what I desire. Um, you know, it's like Africa, uh, you know, I've been really leaning into this concept of Afrofuturism, you know, that we must, we we have to be, we, we got to design how we're going to be in future. Yes, there are black people in the future. Yep. And if we better get to engineering and design and get to, you know, say I know no architect, but we got to be architects too yep. now. Yep. Yep. Are we just sitting around waiting for other folks to hold and create these spaces? Are we out here really intentionally designing them for ourselves? It's not enough to, uh, to absolutely, we're deserving. And what would you thinking? What's in your brain? Do you even know what freedom looked like? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so the idea that we are a part of this um, engineering of what our future will look like is, is, is exciting me in a way that I had I think before I was really you know that whole dependency upon you know in the nonprofit industrial complex upon getting people with money and influence and resources to support your idea your seed to support your organization and it's like why you know the whole question of why are doing all this begging and all this energy we spend begging all this energy in genuflecting um can be spent Planting seeds and, you know, tended to
0: ecosystems. Yep. That was like, I don't even know if I answered. It's It's all related. I was thinking on the first half of your answer um, when you were talking about, like, sort of what we told ourselves about the before. Um, I was thinking of Joan Didion's We Tell Ourselves Stories in Order to Live and like how we um, might have been framing whatever that life was to make it acceptable and worth all of the ways in which we had to grind and worth, you know, Mm -hmm. all of the sacrifices um, that we had to make then which then became at least I'll speak for myself um, there was no gray area, right? It was like Um, I could, I could literally like be in my bed sleeping and someone could decide that I don't deserve to live today. I could be grocery shopping and, you know, pick up an orange and bring a virus that could end me tomorrow, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and so like all of this other bullshit I felt was like, there's absolutely no room to entertain bullshit. (laughs)
1: No, no.
0: And like the story to your point about future leaning, right? Like the story I'm choosing to tell myself isn't also in this space of abundance and like even, and I feel like black folks have always been under the specter of death. Mm -hmm. So like that, you know, in in the transfiguration from the before to the now to the tomorrow, I don't think will truly change. And I'm thinking of your nugget of free, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like what happens outside of that nugget of free? Um, I think I'd like to expand what the confines of the room of that nugget might look like, right? So maybe it's my neighborhood.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: you know, maybe it's my community of women, Black women spread out throughout the world.
1: hmm <laughs> Throughout the world. That's right.
0: Um, maybe it's my red olive universe, mm-hmm. right? Um, of which I have started um, thinking of also what you were just saying. Um, I started calling myself uh, chief architect of the red olive universe as opposed to like yes. CEO or founder. Because I feel like it is a, it's a tinkering, it's a building, it's a future-leaning thing, very similar to all of that stuff. And I feel like... Maybe we're tracking because we, like, went through that transfiguration together.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That definitely has something to do with it.
0: Yeah. Mm. How has culture been a lifeline in that timeline, in the before and the now? Mm. Or if you want to, you know, drill down deeper and talk about black cultural spaces um, yeah yeah
1: uh, well culture I just I would position uh, I, myself in, in talking about culture in terms of New York City and um, the ways that uh, the, the barriers and then the, 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 the sort of access points uh, and one of the things that uh, I was talking that I had to really admit to myself that I, I miss, um, is being able to bring my my folks into these quote-unquote cultural spaces, right, that in New York City, uh, where they never would have thought they would, you know, end up. It started with, you know, going to theater together, and it ended up everywhere from going to theater together to the wing. I was saying, man, I'm mm-hmm. just bringing my folks to the wing, and you know, having lunch and taking somebody to lunch with Wing, right, uh, that New York, it's our city, you know, these are our streets and uh, the ability to um, uh, bring somebody everywhere you go is what I, I really miss about being in the streets of, of New York City. It's, you know, there's no place like uh, New York and the cultural spaces and the nooks and crannies. That even a native New Yorker is like, damn, I've never even been here. Um, It's just uh, the the wonderment. It's like living in a museum that in there's a wing that you still haven't seen even Mm -hmm. after twenty five years. Black cultural spaces have. I mean, I was born into a black cultural space. I mean, literally, um, my whole childhood was about um, maintaining, holding, creating. Uh, black cultural spaces, particularly Black theater, um, that is the by us, for us, about us Black theater, not African-American theater, which I define as uh, a theater that is written, uh, intended, right, for the white gaze or that incorporates the white gaze that can't exist without the white gaze, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my tradition the, growing up is in of, of Black theater, that capital B Black theater, um, and uh, that, Ways that Black cultural spaces were created around performance and not just the performance, but the before and the during and the after of it uh, that um, really informed and shaped my childhood and upbringing. And those are the spaces that I, you know, am uh, I'm drawn to now. It's why I live in Brooklyn, why I live in New York City, um, really always from early childhood wanted to be in the center of wherever the black cultural spaces were. Mm -hmm. That And that really, um, that also uh, provides an opportunity to have an understanding of class, uh, uh, right? So with black folks, you know, we could be, you get a whole cross section of like in, in, in Houston where I'm from in third ward, right? There's upper middle class, there's a dentist, that lives down, you know, in, in this area. And then there's, you know, there may be so the the CUNY homes, the housing projects, which are maybe, you know, uh, a minute away from each other, uh, worlds apart, right? But in the same neighborhood and black neighborhoods are like that. Uh, we find uh, it's white neighborhoods where it's like the suburbs and then there's the inner city. But, and again, talking about um, the ways that black, Uh, progress, right, in Houston, you could be as rich as you wanted to be, you still going to live in what was then called Nigger Oaks, which is the Black version of River Oaks, which is the rich white neighborhood, and that was in Third Ward. Uh, So um, having this, uh, you know, sort of interdisciplinary understanding of art, there's a, a visual arts museum, the Museum of Fine Arts Houston, as well as the Opera as well as the theater uh, uh, was important. And um, also understanding uh, the ways that the preservation and the holding of uh, black culture is a, is a lifestyle. It, it's not something that can be compartmentalized. And so um, I, re- I feel very grateful uh, about that. I, even down to the Kwanzaa of it all, okay, um, <laughs> very grateful
0: yep Mm -mm. um how are you feeling right so we're now just like thinking of the progression of a year we're in the first quarter I hear up in New York spring might be springing
1: (laughs) where's your head where's your heart today um my Head and my heart are really excited about the future, but very scared because there's a lot of transition that, transition that's happening personally all at the same time, even though I knew it was happening and but have actually been planning for it for a while. It's still scary. Uh, and um, yeah, I feel like it's um, it's reaping season, you know uh, that there's a lot of work that uh, has been mm-hmm. done you know, in the dark underground when the times were tough and it's reaping season and I really feel it. Um, so my head and my heart are in, um, a spirit of gratitude of, um, abundance, but trying not to be in the, in a space of expectation. Right. Um, also understanding that, you know, stuff happens and, um, <laughs> you know, every expected yes is not, a yes. It's kind of like you just, this, this college application process that we're going through right yeah. um or any you know any big grant you apply for like well you know who knows what's gonna happen if this yeah. if we get this then we'll do that if we don't get this, we'll do
0: that but then, then all we'll context start. comes into play right like yep. all of the, like unseen forces yeah all, all of,
1: of the variables that you can't you know sort of calculate for so yes um i'm feeling like um I'm grateful that I remained active throughout this entire time. I'm so grateful that, I mean, and I mean that mentally, I mean that spiritually, I mean that physically, that uh, I really took care to make sure that each aspect of my being was engaged and active and and cared for and like, hey, I'm listening, you know, um, so that uh, I can approach whatever comes next with my full whole self and authentic Mm. self, right? And also knowing myself enough to know who I am besides this work. So taking a next step means who am I outside of running this organization? Who am I outside of mothering this child who's 17 now?
0: Um,
1: Who am I uh, as as a whole human being outside of the ways that I've defined myself for the past like, you know, 17, 18 years?
0: So, ooh, that was, a lot. I don't know why mm. I couldn't answer these questions with all this, ooh. Just go with it, just <laughs> go with it, let it be. Um, I want to ask, though, about, um, you had said, like, uh, right now you're thinking of each part of yourself being cared for, and I wonder, um, is this a now practice or before practice?
1: But it, okay, so, real talk, it was a before for practice, but I wasn't very good at it. Mm -hmm. So I tended to lean into things that I'm good at already. (laughs) Um and
0: (laughs) that's real. All the expectations (laughs) that are upon black women, of course.
1: Like, ooh, you know, yeah, I I like to I like I'm attracted to things that I'm already good at. Um so one thing that I was I was never not good at it, terrible at that. I did try and you know, it's become a part of my life is yoga. So, that's one thing in my life that I was like, okay, this is hard as shit. Um, <laughs> I know I'm not, I know I ain't got no balance and no flexibility. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, on. um, young Toya, old Toya don't matter what age I was, you know what I mean? Um, to uh, taking that journey was it is a before thing, but it became more intentional and just more you know i think that there was more alignment in my life now because of the forced stillness uh so that i was able to notice things that i wasn't noticing before because i had i didn't have give myself time or opportunity to pay attention so it's like um uh, the pandemic and the the ways that we're forced to to be still and immobile and I'm not running to Manhattan three times a week or I'm running from the Vibe office to here to there to here to there to this mm-hmm. conference in this city or that city. It really, uh, you uh, have the space and the time to consider alignment and to consider if you want to. Some folks don't want to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, considering well, is my life, in alignment is this in know and i always think about tiffany morrison when people would ask her she said people would ask her you know you have all these jobs you're an editor you're a book editor you're a writer you're a mother you're this how do you do it how do you do it all and she's like it's all the same thing yep it's actually all the same thing and i feel that so and it's so and it's like such a weight is lifted when it's all the same thing yep. um and so that's all I could wish for anybody. And I just want to make sure that for me, um, there's more of that. And it requires having, holding the space and the time to listen to all those parts of yourself. I mean, I guess if there hadn't been a pandemic, I don't know
0: no. if, I
1: ha- if I would have had the opportunity to deeply listen.
0: Mm. I don't know if, like, the universe is trying to, like, make me ask questions differently or what, but, like, you'll say something, and I've, I'll think I he- I'll, hear, I'll have heard something else, and I'm like, oh, I want to go there, and then, I, and then I hear you, like, say it again, I was like, oh, no, that's what she said, but now I actually want to, like, go there. So when you said um, you didn't give yourself time to, like, consider a forced stillness. Mm-hmm. I heard fourth stillness. Like there were one, two, three, four types of stillnesses. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, what's happening in this fourth stillness? Maybe yeah, I need to, like, the third I was stillness. like, is this that it's yoga the- practice? Like, <laughs> 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 like, it can also be some... my
1: Texas. I yeah, like, no, no. No, no, no.
0: No, it's not a critique on, on, um, on, uh, how you pronunciate it, I really think like, I'm like, what is, is there a fourth stillness? Mm. Like outside of mind, body, spirit? Possibly. I don't, I mean, I don't know. That's the question that I feel like might be out there. Yeah. Is that in the Afro future? The fourth stillness?
1: The fourth stillness. So, okay, so we could, all right, so now we're going there. Um, We could connect it to spirit, to the ancestors, right? I think that this fourth stillness is about our ability to connect with uh, what was was really before, right? Like, Mm -hmm. really, like, our ancestors, like, our lineage. Yep. That's the fourth stillness. Um, this is just occurring to me right now, but yes, absolutely. it goes beyond um, you. It goes beyond sort of my connection to uh, spirit, and the, you know, it goes to what is the what is the actual what is my lineage, and how is, does that impact me now? Um, and how are how does what happened to my ancestors? um impact me now. So I, I you know, I've been having this flirtation with genealogy, with black genealogy, that I have um you know, I get bored. So <laughs> me too.
0: I think I that's why bored. we work in. <laughs> it's so
1: true. That's why, you know, I be I, I, I get, you know, 15, 20 minutes. I'm bored. Let me move on. But but I really, I, I promised myself that I was going to be more intentional about the genealogy, the black genealogy piece, especially as Southerners. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm. there's so much there, and there's so much to be learned and and gleaned. So I'm one of my 2021 goals is is to, yeah, that I guess that fourth stillness is of, of really being asking those questions about. My lineage that um, I just haven't asked. I mean, I ask him in my head. Yeah. Like I'm scared to ask my grandmother about my mother's birth father. Mm. She never knew. My mother met her birth father like right before he passed away mm. um, for the first time, and his name is Frank Dan Thomas, and. Um, my grandma's always like, yeah, I'm going to take you down the street to meet them people. I'm going to take you down. They live right down the street. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, when will that day come? Okay, baby. Right. Um, Grandma, did you want to, uh, and you know, obviously, she's not taking me down the street. All right. um, she just, thought, you know, she didn't want to talk about it. And I'm like, well, can you tell me something about him? Can you give mm-hmm. me some details? You know? Um, and it's just, she has all the information. It's just, you know,
0: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I mean I think that like if we stay in the space of the fourth stillness that TM copyright Okay. (laughs) That's by the way (laughs) stillness. Um I think I'm wondering if it like cuts back to what we were just talking about nearer to the beginning about like how clearer things became in the middle of this chaos. Yeah. Right. Um like I wonder like your ability to then reflect and see that like the memories of the like how you remembered the past were like possibly a fabrication of like all of these other expectations that were built on everything that had to crumble in the last thirteen yeah. months.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like being in one of those movies where there's a battle scene and one of the people, you know, gets hit and then they go deaf and they see all the action mm-hmm. happening around them. But there's just this quiet. Yep. that's how it's felt for in this field for me. <laughs> yep. like, everything is blowing up around me. Everybody is, you know, fighting and scratching for crumbs. And you just okay. And you can't hear any of it because you're um there's a there's this other there's a sense either you you're you're rendered deaf or you're listening to something else,
0: and I'm hearing in that analogy like a protection
1: mhm,
0: yeah I think about you know what
1: that. yep name that I feel protected absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't feel as afraid of my ancestors as I used to. I mm. feel protected and I feel connected and I express gratitude in a way that I wasn't able to before.
0: Ooh, I'm remembering, um, cause we were working together um, through Red Olives as the you know world was crumbling. Um, all of 2020, <laughs> um, even in the before, right? Like our January, February yes. wasn't. It was not quiet.
1: <laughs> it was not quiet. Uh, oh my goodness! Started 2020 just wrong and just funky.
0: Uh, and uh, and I'm remembering, and this is just like I'm. I'm actually loving this reflection moment because I'm remembering when you know, before the call, right? Like I was consulting with Vibe um, Mm -hmm. and, like, helping prior to 2020, just do regular, regular like, grants, opportunities, raising money for Vibe, helping increase your operations. And then it shifted, right? Like, between, like, you know, I think our friendship and our sisterhood was always just, like, like, okay, let's be real and also let's do work. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm remembering, like, these moments of, like, well, what are we going to do? And I was like, well, what if you sat still for a moment? (laughs) Yeah. And maybe we were still too much in that before. But I'm hearing in your voice now that, like, there's a lot more stillness.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's very, and the stillness is not what you would think, right? The physical, so like, oh, I have all this time to just sit and meditate. No, Um, I don't. And <laughs> I make you have to make the hold and create the space um, uh, throughout your day for actual stillness so that you can have clarity of thought. It's really important in this work to do that for yourself. Otherwise, you find yourself out here causing harm and mm. going through the motions of stuff that causes harm. And I had to be more honest with myself about my own capabilities, right? Like I told you the, the about this grant that I was 353. I was like, girl, you out here thinking you just got it. I was like, I got this. I do this. <laughs> you know, it's 353. You're about to miss a deadline. Like, no, you don't. No. Um, uh, yeah, right. The, um, The before of being comfortably in denial about certain things, as long as I got it in, you know, by the skin of my teeth, by the skin fine you know as long as it no that wasn't the jam that wasn't Mm -hmm. for these knees uh I feel like my work is much better it's more polished it's more intentional uh I'm able to um create boundaries in a way that serves me and not other folks better I think yeah
0: yeah um well let's talk about our work together
1: Um, oh my goodness what fun that's a
0: fun story is it (laughs) it's a well you tell the story you tell okay so
1: (laughs) i'm you know i'm a gemini with virgo rising so for the audience okay um this is something you must know about me because i never said i was deep okay um so my first memory of delana after we um apply for and got this first of all a black art what you just fun. what <laughs> oh my god to even like have um to even be a part of black philanthropy and be a part of that was one thing but then to have the people come to the show like immediately like yep. boom yep. um my first memory is of um your beautiful just this beautiful woman and and even not even knowing that it was you i was like her hair like oh my god why can't I why can't my hair why would my hair never do nothing like that look at this beautiful woman and all that hair um that's why I say I'm not deep um because that's that's literally my first um memory of you but of yeah of really um you all being very intentional about the not just the support but about being family Uh, was what moved me and really about being family. Then I got invited to this beautiful dinner. Remember you did the fundraising dinner? Oh my God. And met the most fabulous people who also are in your world and a part of the Daylana ecosystem of just fabulosity. <laughs> Um one of them, Fatima is one of my, yep. you know, I would not have known her if it went and Fatima's been in Brooklyn for years, as long as I've been in Brooklyn, right? We've been yep. orbiting around each other, but yep. you were like the glue, you be bringing folks all together and the fabulousness of it all that you don't have to worry about, you know, any of that, interesting, just like wonderful. So that's how I um, came into um, Delana's world, And then being, um, you know, at the helm of this organization that really was growing um, rapidly and I lost, I think, even before uh, we had started working together, before um, I lost my development person at the time, but long story short, Red Olive um, just really became um, instrumental in vibes, growth. Uh, over the course of a two-year period, which, you know, was happening. But we, you know, crossed these sort of um, thresholds and income that uh, if it were not for Red Olive and us working with you at that time, I think it was also a timing thing
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that it was just perfect for us. And it was what we needed at the time. And you have the expertise that we needed. Stuff that I hadn't even thought about yet, right? Because you've been down that road. Um, was really good for the organization, but also good for me. And to be, again, in an ecosystem, I can't say that enough, these ecosystems of support whereby you're in a person's world and you are meeting the people that know and trust them and then you find that you have so many people in common, right? You can't make that stuff up. You can't, they don't teach that at NYU. You know, um, that's, that's, that's what I mean about, um, Afrofuturism. Yep. That those are the spaces where the real work is going to happen. Um, and you are, um, a person that is really in a way that's not even hard that where you are bringing your authentic self to every table at all times, um, have the ability to really bring people together.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that reflection. Also soon. After we started working together or concurrent, um, Black Art Futures Fund, you know, I believe in like being a small ship with big sails, always, right? Which is also
1: mm-hmm.
0: how I was like toying. We vibe needs to be small ship, big sales, right? Like, that's the energy yeah. we need to bring into every room, into any conversation. And so, me and my $15,000 in 2018 <laughs> as Black Yay! Art Futures Fund joined Grantmakers in the Arts, right? Which, with like, you know, the big foundations of the world, because um, they had a membership level that was zero to a hundred thousand dollars and I was like I fall in that category I can be a member and then I knew you know again small ship, big sales to apply to present at their annual conference um and at first it was just going to be like my crew that I gathered that set you know the wheels turning in terms of the financial investment of what started mm. like our futures fund like it was just going to be kind of like us talking about origin stories right and like what it might mean to um start an entity that was people powered but that had bigger like not to say that people powered is not big but that had right. like different um ways of being in the world in addition to being people powered Um, right that's i don't know if i articulate that clearly but no i get it i get it and then something clicked as we were like finalizing the details and i was like there needs to be another voice at this Right There was no table, so I couldn't even have invited you to the table or the presenting room. <laughs> but, but I right. was like there needed to be another voice that could speak to what our aspirations were, right? Like that future vision. Um, and you you, I know that y'all had applied in first year. Um, I don't do the decision-making processes for people on the call. I do not participate. I help steward, but I don't make the decision. Um, <laughs> and so if I didn't get it the first year, um, luckily and because of the tenacity of which Toya has, they apply the second year. <laughs> of course. Um, but I think, uh, you know, to your point about timing, what was especially important about the second year was that a learning from the first year was that, white supremacy will show up in anything you try and make right like mm. literally anything and even a volunteer run <laughs> the, like fake philanthropic thing called Black Earth Future and so you know we we invite um, volunteers to come in and read applications and folks are reading these applications of you know the people who applied in the first year and I was reading through the comments and recognizing that like there were comments like, oh, this organization is more than 10 years old. Shouldn't they be bigger than this by now? Mm. Or, you know, and I just was like, uh-huh. oh, that's some white supremacist bullshit. And, you know, I was thinking explicitly about Shay, and I absolutely cannot leave this conversation without talking about with Shay. Mama <laughs> Shay! <laughs> I was thinking about Shay um, having worked at, you know, an entity that was decades old, In downtown Brooklyn, and the ways in which downtown Brooklyn exploded around that Black performing arts organization.
1: And somehow
0: it could not get above a million dollars, right? As a like almost 30 year old organization by the time she left. That is right. And I was like, I want to actually celebrate the Black arts organizations that were more than 10 years in age. And we're still around, full stop. Mm. And so that was the Shea Wafer Legacy Grant, um, of which Vibe got stewarded into. Right, so you were read that was separately. a big deal, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it was also important of the um, if we were going to present at this national convening of billions of dollars of philanthropic dollars at the grant makers in the arts fund that I was yes. going to choose someone who represented a black arts organization that was larger than 10 years, or excuse me, that had been in existence for more than 10 years. But, you know, how the the averages of the numbers of that year shook out, right? Like the average group that were in the legacy award was like four hundred and seventy five thousand dollars mm. so that was a context under which i was like toy you have to come can you come i'm gonna like that was that a game that changer for come. us
1: oh my god that's one of my favorite that's like man that's one of the last trips i took before lockdown what <laughs> um that was a good time and it was a real game changer for us in terms of being in the room with all those funders and yeah, a lot happened after that. It was also a good time. Let me just tell you, <laughs> you think these funders don't get together and have a good time. Oh my goodness. I had no idea. Oh, I had yeah. no idea.
0: Yeah. I'm remembering. Um, <laughs> uh, us just like laughing at everyone also like the whole time. <laughs> also, being in dogged pursuit of California or Colorado brand edibles,
1: yes, which were way too strong.
0: Oh my god, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. Actually, <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, what is this? What is in this? House? Yo, <laughs> oh my goodness! You can't conference and like an edible. You can't conference and that. Oh my god. That dispensary, I know they were like, "Girl, go so home, go so home."
0: They really, I yeah, I've now like you know enjoyed California brand and now Colorado brand, and Colorado yeah. is way too strong. Um, but that's not from- to
1: be at a conference. <laughs> if I were like, if I didn't have anything else to do, then it's just right. But man, <laughs> I made. It. I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute." <laughs>
0: We were in the pursuit of our fourth stillness.
1: Wait, <laughs> like, let me not make an ass of myself in front of all these funders. Girl, stop. I had to put that stuff away. It had to go away.
0: Um, that was yeah, maybe that was where we first uncovered the fourth stillness. <laughs>
1: yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Um, I don't even think I had, like, alcohol. It was so, that stuff was so just, that's all you ever need in life. I think I drank coffee (laughs) and edibles. (laughs) That's when you know it's some strong stuff. You're like, no, I'm just having a cup of coffee here at 8 (laughs) (laughs) p.m.
0: But I want to, I want to, so you said things changed for you. What changed? Like, how is that a game changer for you?
1: Well, after our presentation, um, I got a lot of, you know, just like feedback, a lot of positive feedback, um, and it, and so you know to be sure it wasn't like oh all of a sudden like money started pouring in no um or even like that we got these invitations for to submit an rfp no that's not how it works it's about um relationships right so i was able to begin conversations and build relationships with people who ended up being um instrumental in us um being able to, you know, do some things. For example, um, we were working on a New York Community Trust grant at the time. And um, there were people in the room yep. that were um, really instrumental in, you know, mm-hmm. just our ability to make sure that that was a successful opportunity. Wait, and so it wasn't for- my magic? <laughs> um, it's a yes
0: and, okay.
1: Um, you and Carrie McCarthy. Um <laughs> Um, to Gail Yeah, um, Salim was in the room, too. Oh, that's right. Yes, exactly. Yep. So, yeah, all these people that were in the room that, like, otherwise um, we were not... We were sort of under everybody's radar at that time. Just beneath it, but under, certainly. Yeah. That, you know, a lot of the opportunities that we were applying for, like, we got everything that year. We got yep. everything. It's true. So, yeah, it was a game changer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah and really after the into right? the
1: pandemic, we kept getting stuff, you know, like um and the relationships were being built at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and that precedes the whole mosaic network thing. I don't think the you know the importance of being in that room too, I think that the geo conference the seedlings were planted,
0: yep, yep, yeah. Because that's, I mean, that's also the same players as New York. The
1: Um, same people. It's the same people, y'all. If you listen out there, it's the same (laughs) same people. We're not talking about 100 of people. No, we're talking about 10 people.
0: Yep. (laughs) But that is people first. And I remember, like, when we first started and, you know, you presented me with your list. When we first started in terms of, like, working together as a consultancy, I remember seeing, like, the past development assistance list of, like, hundred of grant opportunities and I was like Toya what relationships do you have and and you were just like we just applying and um so I also was like trying to think about ways to help continue to foster um some of those relationship building opportunities for you as well that then when we were back in front of you know the grant panel process that could also steward that too right
1: yeah it says sometimes you Think that, and I would have this conversation with Robin all the time um, of, you know, sort of being in the room, who is it going to, you know, sort of benefit, right? Maybe you'll um, make a couple of uh, uh, contacts, it, you know, and particularly in these Zoom rooms, you know, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the physical room, it's like you look around, you know, you're at these things, at these conferences, you're like, okay, who do I need to meet? Whose car do I need to get? Who's Who needs to get my car? Blah, 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 blah. Um, but you, you know, really can't underscore, you know, when you black, um, these relationship building, it's everything. Um, just like, um, uh, it's akin to the college application process for black applicants. The interview is non-negotiable. Yep. You must interview. Yep. Right. Um, and it's the same thing, um, with fundraising. If you're a black leader, uh, you must have these strong relationships and this, and, and this trust that, um. Uh, people have in you and your vision, um, and so that it, it do being in these rooms and presenting or even talking, even speaking, um, has a different value. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I especially think that relationship piece is important when it's not like a panel application process. So when I'm, what I mean by like, um, you know, like NEA or the new york state council of the arts grant or even the department of cultural affairs in new york city those are panel processes right i've served on panels for those i'm trying to think and others throughout the country but like you know the program officers the people that we might be building relationships are actually not making the decisions on who's funding it's the the volunteers and the panelists, not unlike how, right. you know, we bring in Black Art Futures Fund brings in people to help make the decisions on who's giving money and why I say like, y'all can be friends with me, but I don't make the decision. <laughs>
1: exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but for the, the grants that do not do panel processing, right, like that relationship can matter uh, in your favor, um, Can excuse me, can like tip something in the favor. But I also want to like talk about I'm thinking explicitly. So I know we have to talk about shame before we get off the call. And now I want to talk about that grant (laughs) (laughs) that we. Oh uh, boy. Yeah. Should we name them? Are we? Are we? Are we? It's your podcast. It's my podcast.
1: I think it would be up to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just gonna say foundation. Um. Right. Yeah, I was going to name it foundation something. But let's just say Foundation That Plays Games.
1: <laughs> yes. The Playing
0: Games Foundation. The yes. Playing Games Foundation. <laughs> yes.
1: The Playing Games Foundation. Absolutely. You
0: know, put out a call. They're like, we love New York City and randomly San Francisco <laughs> of which And we, you know, want to fund youth-based programs and with a particular focus on you know this language. And this is pre, you know, June 2020. I Mm -hmm. don't have time to get there. But like, this is pre, this is, is, we submitted the the application in probably like November. So they were, you know, like doing the lip service of, you know, looking for diverse, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, you in Brooklyn, you do youth, <laughs> you work with black, young black women, you know, you diverse. <laughs> so like, let's apply. And I should also say that like, I also knew of this foundation because at the time I was a board chair of an arts organization also in Brooklyn
1: huh.
0: and had met the president who was on the chair of another black Arts organization of which I was a development director of. <laughs> um, all the ways in which the world is connected. Anyway, yep. so the Playing Games Foundation.
1: Playing Games. <laughs> uh,
0: sends out, you know, oh, we're so sorry. You know, um, what is it? Demand exceeded budget, but we want to offer you an opportunity to get feedback. So yes. If you applied um (laughs) i applied on on vibes behalf right because we were your um grants management person and then there was another shea wafer legacy fund theater-based black group in san francisco called the african-american shakespeare company um that also applied right and so i was connected to them but i didn't see their application um but i knew that they applied because i told them they should and so they all stay too got that, like, oh, um, we can get feedback. So I remember. Well, you—you you should you—you you tell your story of the Playing Games Foundation call.
1: Um, I just remember there being a lot of um, guys. You know, guys. Uh, listen, guys, l- listen. It was really hard. Okay, it was so. Hard guys, you don't even know. You guys don't even understand. Wait, so
0: you know they're playing games and they're like, guys.
1: <laughs> and then at some point, the person said that they could have made the choice to focus on black women and black women's leadership. Mm, but it, I forget about that we, we just didn't. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, mm, mm. <sighs> and that there was a lot of uh, defensiveness yeah. when we ask clarifying questions
0: yeah because she was she was like there's nothing more you could have done better I mean I there, remember that application,
1: there's nothing you didn't do anything wrong okay yep. you didn't do anything wrong and that was the whole white saviorism of it all right we're not on this call because we obviously we did. I know I ain't do nothing, girl. I know I didn't do nothing wrong. That's the point. That's why we on this call. I'm not trying like my figure pen out what you paper. was thinking exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to figure
0: out why you crazy. What happened to your brain? Mm-hmm. What's
1: mm-hmm. wrong with you?
0: Yep. Oh, very
1: frustrating.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There just was no. There just was no. And you know, this is so again. This is February 2020, so we have not yet transitioned over into Zoom land. It was just a call.
1: (laughs) It was a Um, call, call, yeah.
0: So she didn't see our faces. I'll say it that way. But again, she has met me and has worked with me of the Playing Games Foundation and two other iterations, right? So I remember following up, because this is the care that I do (laughs) for the people that are in my universe, and being like hey president of playing games foundation um you might remember me from these other interactions that we've had and so i just Mm want to call out that like i was on the call with toya when you said abc123 and like it just didn't add up and so like i'm interested in actually what was your process to where you made these decisions and like how are we supposed to oh whoa, whoa, whoa and I remember in our call me being like because she was like just submit the same grant next year
1: yeah exactly this same, you don't have to do anything more <laughs> no more work for you just do the same
0: exact grant Yep. and, and I, I re- promise you you promise us what right huh and yes. I remember being like you know either in the follow-up from the call like the precariousness of which Black arts organizations, yeah, like who's to say that we will even be in existence a year from yeah. now, yeah, because of other foundations that you actually like
1: said that to her. Oh, isn't it? Was in she the was like, yeah, she's like, Oh, well, if you're here
0: still <laughs> alive, then just go ahead and submit the same thing, it'll be right. Fine. right. And I was just like, so, yep. So I follow up and, you know, more defensiveness in the email. And I just remember her being like, well, do you want to serve on our panel? Next year? Like the, the answer yeah. to your fucking up is not actually asking black. Since people you're
1: so smart later. and all. <laughs> and you know so much knowledge, knowledgey stuff. Would you like to come work for me? Be my maid. Mm-mm. Yeah. Then she's Miss Millie. No, she definitely did the Miss Millie of it all. You are so smart. <laughs>
0: Um, and then, you know, and this is the world that black arts organizations were living in before the fake wake up call in June, um, where, you know, literally Toya three weeks later. So it's just the COVID times, right? So we're only in COVID times after this. And I've already indicated that there are multiple ways in which I intersect with playing games foundation So I get emailed (laughs) in a chain from the president, the same woman who said there was no money for our black asses at five. Same one. (laughs) We just, we wish, we wish. I just couldn't, I looked under every couch cushion and couldn't find a (laughs) dime.
1: We just don't have a nickel.
0: Rights to another organization and says we just found $15,000 and we want to give it to you for the great work you're doing now please listeners understand that organization did not apply for anything
1: nothing (laughs) no they did not submit anything they were just living just chilling
0: just living their lives their non-black lives
1: that is how white supremacy works when yep. it's at work.
0: Ooh. And so, you know, I mean, yeah. and, and so like, and that I think, when it, to, to go back to the fourth stillness, right, mm-hmm. of like what COVID kind of, in the non-negotiable space that I feel like COVID put Black women, I'll call it for myself, in, is that like, I'm gonna call people out on the bullshit now yeah because you know so now we have in the post june 2020 world all of this uh other performance art pieces Mm -hmm. (laughs) around equity and now they want to talk about the the inequities and funding landscape oh you mean the
1: interpretive dance oh yes
0: yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. Um and yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. feel like we just needed to put that story on the record.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's all it's all interpretive dance, it's all theater, it's all, you know, wink wink um shenanigans.
0: And so You were a part of something recently um, that was also about a calling in of this Mm -hmm. performance art, this fourth performance art culture (laughs) sector. Yep. Um, Tell us about that.
1: Well, over the course of the past, I guess six or seven months, I've been having lots and lots of conversations pretty much everywhere I go about the shenanigans and the choreography, the, um, the, you know, multi-level marketing scheme of it all, um, that is happening with regards to um, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the games that people play and the links that cultural organizations go to to do the opposite, right? Um, So people are doing all this performative you know sort of anti-racism training whatever it is (laughs) really all they do is get together and cry and rock together and then go back to their jobs no no power shifts at all so really calling in um the idea that what nobody asks in your diversity vision because your vision is trash you don't have one because you're white (laughs) um just go away just move so that we can get this you know thing cooking here um it you know the executive if the executive leadership remains all fight and you're designing the dei paying for the dei right you paying for you you know the chief diversity officer reports to you and you're the person causing harm yep. but isn't that great and not the greatest trick the devil ever played make the person report to you <laughs> <laughs> oh damn the fix is in yep. so i wrote an article um that was in Hyperallergic a couple weeks ago just about it, but also just there's conversations happening uh, about yeah, about these power shifts, about the pace of what we call social inclusion, and now it's about what are we asking to be included into?
0: Why do we, why? Yep, yep, yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it all needs to go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Maybe the table need to be rebuilt. But we'll get the seat at the table, right? The table, the yeah. table trash. The yeah. table, you know, got termites.
0: The house is, and the house it's in is
1: trash. Yeah. And maybe, yeah.
0: Hmm. <laughs> we
1: need different wood. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Sometimes these contractors though having gone through a house rebuilt.
1: <laughs> Ooh, Lord. Like, like maybe you stick with the one you the devil you knows. <laughs>
0: Um, I think we discovered that we share another type of lineage and sisterhood when you, when Vibe was awarded the Shea Wafer Legacy Award. Yes. And you were like, oh my God, I love Shea. And I was like, wait, you too? Like who, first of all, who doesn't love Shea, right? Yeah. I've heard that there are some people and like, I probably don't know them, (laughs) quite honestly. What? I
1: never met one. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh.
0: Um... Mm -hmm. They don't need to be in my life. Um, but yeah, I just remember us bonding again over like Shay and her impact. And I just continue to want to archive that Yeah, as well.
1: Mama Shay was the first person to offer us office space. So we met through um, actually a white woman, um, Stephanie uh, Siegel, who runs Bailey's Cafe, who mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Um, and um, Stephanie's all you know, she's a connector. She's a longtime Brooklyn person. She used to teach at the high school when they had the Crown Heights riots. She was a high school teacher at the high school oh. where, um, oh, my goodness, why can't I think of his name? Um, the boy who got accused but then acquitted um, where he went to high school. Like, mm-hmm. um, he was, I don't, I not want to say he was a student of hers, but, um, Limerick Nelson. Yep. Um, anyway, so just to say she's old school Brooklyn and she's like, you, have you met Shea Wafer? You need to meet Shay Wafer. I was like, I know who Shea Wafer is because my aunt, Eileen, um, is another old school black theater person who, oh. um. Mm-hmm runs the ensemble theater and so i had definitely heard of shay and knew who she uh was but i hadn't met her and so stephanie set up this meeting it was really just to say hey here i am running this theater (laughs) for black girls hello Shea, you know thank you for taking a meeting um and i met her at 1000 dean and when i got there I just noticed the place is big and kind of empty. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cute. This is cute. Little cafe, burglar across the way. This is cute. (laughs) It's like, when I get grown, you know, when I grow up, I'm in an office like this. But then, you know, always, you know, my grandmother, you know, manifests. If you want something, you better see it in your head. Um, Just thinking like, wow, you know, mm, this is a cute little office. So at the end of our conversation, I was like, yeah. She's like, so where is Vibe? I was like, well, actually, the office is in my house. Cause we, you know, we used to be at the Brooklyn wide long story short. She was like, we're not, I'm not, I'm not doing nothing over here. You know, I've been, you know, in 651 arts is in transition. And so the staff, you know, was working remotely and, and this was like pre, pre, pre COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So the whole remote um, and half remote, half of that was like unheard of. So long story short, um, we, uh, she at the end of that meeting like offered us office space and I never even went into that meeting thinking that we would I would leave with like office space but that's the that's what black women do right Black women have the ability to connect beyond above and beyond what you think your needs are um and just um, as someone who beyond my aunt, I didn't know any other black woman who had been in this game 30 40 years still doing it um and she taught me some really fundamentals about how to sustain exactly what you said about being under a million dollars but also taking care of people, right? You take yes. care of folks. It may not be much to you, but this five hundred thousand dollars is is taking care of a lot of
0: people. It took care understand. of generations.
1: Okay. She generations had folks with artists. a pension plan up in that organization, like visionary. So um was able you know was witness to a lot and also um was the recipient as you were of her genius and the ways that um, she has this way of educating without scolding or mm-hmm. um, making you feel dumb or like you're supposed to know it already? Uh, and that was exactly what I needed at that point in my career because I didn't. There weren't there weren't any other black women besides my aunt in Houston who was mm-hmm. dealing with what she was dealing with. So Mama Shay was um, again another another person who made all the difference.
0: Yeah. Mm um sonia sanchez um came to my college in 2003 uh maybe no it was like 2004 she had recorded a cd at the time um Mm. called full moon of sonia and she was like traveling with the band and presenting it and and i have not seen this line in a poem which is why i always reference this performance and then the cd But she has this refrain in one of her pieces that goes, I will speak your name so there is a tomorrow. I will speak your name so there is a tomorrow. Um, So I always, like,
1: Mm.
0: if I'm in conversation with a Black woman, these days, I'm like, do you know Shay?
1: (laughs) Basically.
0: Um, You know, to continue to speak her name. um, Because, you know, we Black women, we know there's an extreme invisibility to the care that we do
1: yeah
0: um and the caring for that we do um and there is like this like underground sisterhood and i don't and i don't necessarily like want to like you know uncover people who don't want to be uncovered but also right yeah like look at all of the lives and generations right by yeah. like calling out, calling out the names. Um, so, um, my last question for you is: Who made Toya? Toya, and you know, I think in other ways, you know, Shay caretaker-ness, um, our ability to get bored after fifteen minutes. So, thank you for staying with me for this conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we also share like you know, black southernness, right? Like, is it black southernness? Um, is it black culture in general, like who made Toya Toya?
1: Um, I think it's, it's lineage, you know, it's, it's as much my grandmother, my great grandmother, um, and I'm equal parts, you know, what happened to them and Mm -hmm. what happened to my mother and what has happened to me. Yeah. Thank you. No, this was just amazing as always. And I'm just, I feel blessed to know you same so same thank you yes love you
0: so much Thanks so much for taking the time to listen and go deep with us. You can find other episodes and excerpts of Deep in the Work on anchor.fm slash deep in the work. For more information about Red Olive Creative Consulting and the work we do to move people and resources to art and culture organizations, visit our agency website at www.redoliveconsulting.com. Bye, y'all.